0: Hello, everyone. This is our Once Upon IB podcast, where we will take a deep dive into the International Bachelorette. Here we are to bust myths and misconceptions misconceptions, and hopefully give you some helpful tips. Um, our hosts are me, Ruben, Isabella, Alina, and Hi there. Uh, And today, our guests are Denise, Esche, and Martin. So, welcome those people and... Let's get on with it, guys. Ooh, yeah.
1: Uh... Okay, Today's um, today we're going to talk about um, group one and group two. They're um, subjects in language and literature and language acquisition. So, um, well, before we start with that, Martin, Denise, and Asia, can you please um, tell us what your subjects are? and um tell it a little bit more about kind of why you chose them and how it's going for you
2: um okay Uh, do you want every single subject um so i have um self-taught spanish um english b higher level and then i have three sciences um i actually chose three sciences because university require them uh, it's not that i want it <laughs> um and yeah the english is because i'm not the best at english and uh, spanish is because um it's my native language
3: all right um so oh sorry i chose I do Dutch A and English A, both literature and language, and um, I chose those because it's like it's normal for me. Like I did, I've done English A like basically since I started international school, and also for Dutch with Dutch A, I can do uh, Dutch courses at Dutch universities, so that gives me an advantage um, that way. So that's why I chose those
4: for me as the languages i chose self-taught as a turkish because it's my own language and english b high level because if you guys ask me why i didn't choose an english a i'm not good at the literature part of it so i just go through the language part and i also choose the three sciences and mathematics a standard level because i into the sciences
1: um well i guess we should Um, talk about the difference between a language A and language B that's also another name for group one and group two so Polina, would you like to explain a little bit more about the difference
5: right so language A is usually the subject you're like fluent in something you can speak freely to people usually also you're Uh, like home language in a way or something you speak at home or something you've been learning for a really long time and language B is usually a subject that you take as a secondary language something that you're either learning something that you've just started or something that you've been learning over a period of time but you're not quite really good at so for example people a lot of people that were born in the Netherlands but moved to the United States and lived in the United States for a really long time lose their Dutch over a long amount of time and so when they return to the Netherlands they like to take it as language B because they're not necessarily really good at it or they have it they don't remember much of much of it like depending on the grammar or like vocabulary and things like that so they would take it as a language B and a language A would be English for them because it's something they speak all the time and they're very fluent in.
1: Yeah, focus on the opposition part because you can, I don't know, learn a little bit more about grammar or how to properly write a formal text or something like that. So that's basically the main difference. Another difference that we have is the books that we have to read. So in a language A, you have to read books and analyze and you're going to... Um, you're going to have to answer your papers um, based on the books that you read and the same kind of to language B. But now we're going to focus a little bit more about... We're going to focus a bit on self-thought. So, Martín and Eze, chose Spanish and Turkish. And um, I know you have to select some books. And how many books do you have to read?
4: We have nine books as a total
1: and uh, how did you choose them as you?
4: Actually, we need to choose like four in our language and two or three translated them. And so our three can be like poetry, theater or poem, because the thing is you need to read as much as possible like the all the types, because you don't know when the test comes. You just need to be available to do all type of them. So for me, I just try to go through all of the types just to be sure for the test and i also look at the global issues if they are matching with each other so i can make like a little bit just to look one of them and the other one the other one so i can decide which one will be fit like better
1: um i know that some people i don't know if it's some people or everyone but you can have a tutor for your self-thought so do you guys have a tutor or are you doing it by yourself how does it work
4: yeah actually i'm also going with a tutor i think it is much more helpful than going alone because in the first one or two weeks i just tried to go myself but it didn't work well so we find a tutor from izmir where i'm living in before. And I think it's much more helpful to go through it because the teacher, the tutor knows the system very well. So he or she can prepare you for the test. Yeah, I think if someone is want to join the self-taught, they really need to go through the tutor just to be sure to get a six or seven in the test.
2: Well, in my case, I my tutor is from my last school school and um they have implemented or they're trying to implement the iv system so my tutor already had a book list that i could choose from for the nine books i had to read so it was an easy task and she already divided it into um like text types so i could just choose a few from each and uh get the restrictions that and requirements they have. And then I actually haven't done much with the tutor. Um, for now, I have, I have only read the books. I haven't done like much analyzing or like requirements or stuff to do. So for now, I'm just reading.
5: Okay, and in terms of like classes per week, do you guys have like how many approximate hours per week do you do? Is it like sort of like a Pamoja thing? Because like we have one hour of actual class per week, but then we're supposed to also work on it like on our own. So how does that work for you guys?
2: Yeah, it's very close to Pomogia. Um We have a single hour per week um, in which, well, we have a teacher at school, which uh, sadly cannot help everyone with their own language because she doesn't know every single one. <laughs> um, but uh, we just have the time to work on what the tutor told us to do or what you said you would do and you end up for most of the times um, you do end up taking a bit more time each week.
4: For example, for me, I'm doing is like two hours a week. Actually, it is just a one lesson, but we make it like a double lesson because as Martin said, we just have only one in the school and the teacher doesn't know our language. So we just need to keep going by ourselves. I think it also looks like the promotion. Like you just need to be like prepared for yourself. You just need to study alone and with your tutor.
0: Would you say that? Okay. How about English B?
1: How is English B going? So, I think, um, okay.
4: it I is guess language-wise. Well. If you guys ask me, like, how it, why it is going well for me? Because I, I'm really okay with the language part of it but i'm really bad at the literature part because of that i changed my subject and first i go to the english a and then i decided that to go to the english b in english b you just need to do some listenings readings and vocabularies Mm -hmm. you just need to know how to use a language as a grammar kind of ones for me it is a better option if you're coming from another country and you're not really fluent in it or like you're not a native speaker of english i think english b is the best option to go with
0: oh okay and here's another question something to think about does a university accept both language a and b or how does that work do you guys know
2: Yeah, so um, in my case, um, my language aid does not help. My Spanish is not going to help since I'm not going to go to a Spanish university. But um, most universities here um, do accept the English B higher level as a proper English. Like if you know the language, since we're both... Taught in English, and we have the English B higher level lesson. So um, that makes sure that we know English and I can apply to a university uh, with English B or English A. So and what kind,
0: of, what kind of university is that then? That's a scientific university, I'm assuming, that,
2: right? Uh, yeah. And,
0: yeah. I'm assuming yeah. it's probably different if you go into something about literature or something like that.
1: Yeah, you know like that, guys, or? Uh, yeah, and about that as well, if the university asks for a subject that you, you don't follow, as we said, um, there, there's always um, solutions for that. And for the languages, for the languages, um, you can um, do TOEFL, IELTS, Cambridge for the English. And um, well, you just have to take a look and... Um, see if uh, the university you, you want to apply for accepts the Cambridge diploma that you have or the IELTS and there is a minimum score so you have to know about that and you have to have a certain level but it's technically fine if you don't follow the subject it's just something that you have you don't have to do if you if you have the English A. I think
2: like taking English A is just like to get a better chance to get into the university, because um, they do have like requirements, but they're not actually requirements when it comes to language. Because um, in the case of English, um, I I am allowed to apply with English B high level, but if I were to apply with um, English A, either standard or higher, I would have a higher chance to get into the university since I have a better report. Um,
5: Okay, so I have a very specific question, sorry. But if I'm not wrong, Denise, you did GCSE, right? Okay, so like- Yeah, I did. Would you mind like explaining what's the difference between a language A and GCSE? Because I don't know what the difference is like with the curriculum. And if there is a
3: difference? Well, they don't really necessarily call it English A. You just have like English there. But the main difference I would say is there's both um, language and literature. But to be quite honest, in my opinion, they focus way more on the literature part. And the literature part is also what you you get graded on them separately. But there's, I think, more exams for the literature part. So um, yeah, I personally, because I'm not that big of a fan of literature, I also prefer the IB language and literature course, since um, the IGCZ one is quite boring. And this one is for me, like the books are like not as difficult to read. And the texts are better to like yeah, read and understand. Wait, can I also ask like what examples of books you guys had and things like that? um we didn't really do any books we mainly did plays and we did short uh short stories so oh god (laughs) um let me think of an example um i can't name any but there there we did like i think we did two plays and then we did about five short stories in the second year and then in the first year i think we did also play in a few uh just like pieces of poetry
1: there's also a difference between um higher level and standard level for both language a and language b um i don't know george can you tell us a little bit more about that
6: why would i I, okay yes uh for dutch which i do there's hl and SL. Uh, it, in HL we basically just do everything the SL students do. And then we read extra books in addition to that, and other stuff that should be harder. But for me, it's still easy because I'm half Dutch, so I'm kind of cheating. Um, and I mean, that's kind of it, <laughs> to be honest, <laughs> from what I can tell. And extra lessons, which sucks
1: uh ruben so can you tell us a little bit more about the difference between higher level and standard level in uh, language a
0: um basically it's uh, i think it's more two more books i believe in uh, dutch a and english a Uh, it's two more books that you read and then it's one more assessment for each of them and uh, it depends, I think, per subject. But in Dutch, for example, where the standard level students write a paper one, they get one text to analyze. Uh, if you do higher level, you have to analyze two texts in just a bit more time. So it's a lot more work. Uh, in the end, in the final exam, it's that's where it's the difference, not really in the curriculum and how it's structured, but more in the final exams that you uh, yeah.
1: There's also a possibility for you to take a bilingual diploma.
0: Yeah, which is basically just uh, two A-level uh, languages. Uh, it doesn't matter if they're standard level or higher level, I think, but it's just that if they're two high, just A, language A. So, uh, for example, I do English A and Dutch A, and if I do VET pass eventually, then I should get a bilingual diploma. And it doesn't really do much, it just makes you look fancy for the universities.
1: And how is it going for you? Uh,
0: so far it's going all right, yeah, not much to complain about. It's uh, not all too much work, I'd say, but, you know, it depends on the person.
1: And Denise, you're also taking um, to Languages A.
3: Language how is it going for you? Um, honestly, so far it's pretty good. And honestly, I think in the end, I mean, it's it's more work definitely, but I hope in the end it will benefit me since, you know, it's basically doing the same course just in a different language twice. So I hope in the end it'll it'll benefit me. But for now, it's going pretty good.
1: But does it help to take basically the same course in different languages or you would say it, it just gets worse?
3: Um, I actually asked my English teacher about this um, because I was wondering since it is the same thing and you you know you think if you do it like twice you basically get like twice the information so it's like if I were to like take double the hours of English I take now just yeah just in a different language I haven't really to be honest noticed any like benefits but I hope I will. <laughs>
5: Okay, Maybe, George. Yeah. That's that's. Okay. We've heard enough from you. Wow. Thank, Thank you George, so much he, for that. <laughs> he's
0: okay. basically referring to the fact that, that you have to choose at least three higher levels. And When you choose three, you need to get a minimum of 12 points over those three subjects. Otherwise, you don't get your diploma, which is just something. So he's saying basically, if you can, you want to choose subjects you're better at for higher level. For example, I was gonna try and do physics higher level, but then I realized you know what, I'm not that great at physics. I'm gonna switch to English higher level, where I'm a bit better at to get those points up. And I think that's what George is trying to say. Exactly what I want to say.
6: Exactly.
5: Okay, well we have a suggested question from our Instagram, which you guys should follow. It's at once upon IB. Um, a lot of people were wondering about CAS. So yeah, how are you guys doing CAS? I'm talking to our guests, by the way. Um, yeah, how is it going for you? Do you, Have you been marked as concerned? And if so, how come? Yeah, just tell us about your overall experience.
4: Luckily, in my report, it is on tracks. So I'm really happy for that. Actually, CAS is a really new experience for me because in my old school, I don't have anything about like a CAS or that kind of thing. We just had a lesson, so... When I meet the cast, I feel like a little bit in the first, like a little bit anxious about it, but now I'm really better, I think. For me, which I did, in the first, I did a swimming as like one or two months as an activity. And then I designed a swimsuit, which is a creativity and it's also in the same topics. And now I'm joining you guys like as a podcast and this is gonna be a count as me a service. I'm still trying to make as much as possible and i also have an idea to do like maybe ib youtube so i can inform the people who wonders about ibm i think it's gonna go like that but for now it's pretty good
2: yeah like calves like i from years previous to this ones um teachers used to make it make it look like so difficult and it's like the worst thing ever that you don't ever have time to do but um you can literally turn everything into cast like anything you like anything you already do so um for example for this one you can even make a cast for just participating in this podcast you can do cast for every single thing compared to well what years before required which is a, um, the essay project i think um, so in my opinion, the essay projects are a lot harder to do, but the cast projects are like easier and you have more options on what to do. Um,
3: yeah, I would kind of just say the same thing. You can really make like anything cast. Like if you cycle to school, like some like if you cycle to school, like twice a week, you can just say cycling. I don't know, if you cycle three kilometers, you can say cycling three kilometers two times a week, and then just write a reflection every week, and there you have your action, and you can do that just for, like, I don't know, months or something. You can really, if you think about it, you can turn a lot of things into CAS, so, yeah, it just, I think the only thing difficult about CAS is all the reflections that you have to do every week, and um, doing on top of other schoolwork.
2: Yeah, but, like, for the reflections, you can always, like, you can either use, like, five minutes or, like, ten minutes of every period, like, just not waste time. Or you can, like, put an alarm or something at the end of each week so that you remember you need to put a reflection. So, like, you need to put reminders for yourself about the reflections, but um, apart from that, it's an easy process
5: I would say our school like I'd say okay I'll be quick but I was just gonna say that like in our school personally we can do like many versions of reflections So like they count writing they count um voice recordings video recordings things like that so it's like really easy to just count something as a reflection because you don't have to spend much time on it it's really something just that you answer a few questions and you're done And evidence is really just maybe taking a screenshot or a picture of whatever it is you're doing and you're literally done. Like, it's not even, personally, it's not even that really difficult. But I guess it depends on what you're doing.
1: Yeah, I also heard it depends from school to school. So some schools, they only ask for basically one reflection, which is the final reflection. It's almost like services action that you just have to take a couple of pictures or or as evidence and then you write a reflection it it can be like a two-month experience and then one reflection so it really depends from school to school and try not to change it like listen to what your um cast advisor and cast supervisor are trying to say and um if you have any questions just ask them and try to Follow the requirements that your, your school is, is asking for.
2: like, if you're asked only for the final <laughs> reflection, how do you show you were doing like the project? Like, I guess I
5: don't get how that would. I think it would be the evidence that they look into, like seeing continuous like pictures and things, maybe. I don't
2: know. Yeah, but wouldn't that be like, almost like a reflection each week? Like, if you show enough evidence at the end, it would be almost the same as requiring you to put something each week so that it shows everything.
1: Yeah, I don't know. It's really weird because if they say, oh, continuous reflections or continuous engagement, I mean, you can, if, if it's a two month experience and you show, like you take a picture once every two weeks that is kind of continuous right or not so i i guess it depends and uh, yeah that's also tricky so i i don't know i think it depends but you do have a really good point
5: yeah we also had um, a question on how to fix cast marked as concerned i don't know if you, i know you guys haven't been marked and concerned i don't know if any of our hosts have been marked on concern? I don't think so. No. Likely not. No. Okay. But yeah.
0: Ruben,
5: Ruben you have been marked on concern.
0: Yeah. Well, I mean, it wasn't law. I, it wasn't right. I think because I did stay up to date. I just I did not because uh, I'm a pretty good procrastinator. I tend to leave things until the very last moment. And I had a bunch of these projects that I hadn't typed a description for, and I hadn't started on yet. But uh, the teacher got a bit, uh, at least my supervisor thought it was a bit... Because uh, it took a few months for me to write a bit uh, of the descriptions, for projects I was going to do in the future. And she got a bit confused there, but uh, I talked it out with her, I sent a few emails, fixed it, and uh, now it's over. And then, uh, yeah. That was a pretty easy case, at least with me, because I was keeping up to date with everything, weekly reflections, all that. But with, I'm not sure how others who have sort of bigger gaps in their timeline, I don't know how that works with them, but
2: yeah. I know someone who started a project and the teacher didn't even um, check their proposal for the project until half of the project was even done. So um, they had the half of the project done and the teacher marked it as um, like, you cannot do this. Uh, it's not good enough for a cast. Um, so right now that person, I think, oh, <laughs> um, that person decided to um, ask other teachers and see if the they can get that project
1: to be accepted i mean what you can do um if you if you have times and um, if you have gaps in your timeline which you shouldn't have is that you have to work through um your summer break that's what they say you have to do um so between dp1 and dp2 you should have a an experience or a project and that's how you can try to fix your timeline but be careful with that because you have one summer break between um dp1 and dp2 so if you if you mess up and you have a time um a gap in your timeline that is bigger than your summer break you're gonna have a problem and well that you're just not gonna I don't know. Maybe you're not gonna get your diploma because you didn't do cast. So, do your cast.
6: I have question. Who did a MYP? I don't know who I'm new. So, Martin, cause you're a guest. What's the difference between MYP and DP?
2: Um, okay, um, for me there was a big difference because I was um, I I got to the school a bit very close to DP. Um, I had I think one year or two years before DP in which I was an MYP. Um, Uh, So I was getting used to the country and changing house because it was the first time I I had that. Um, But for me personally, um, DP is, well, teachers might picture it a lot worse than it is for now. But um, the only one that, like there's a single subject that changed way too much which is uh, math i'm doing math a a higher level um and the change from myp to dp uh, <coughs> it's a lot since you get like double the amount of homework uh, you get um uh, i think two more lessons per week or something so if your schedule is not the best and you have i don't know math every single day of the week you're gonna have a lot of homework each day of the week well that that happened at least in this school i don't know if happens anywhere else but for at least for the sciences um the myp biology did not feel very useful for the dp biology um could be from the teachers or maybe it's not well designed or something. Um but uh DP biology is like a start from zero. You need to start remembering stuff and it's oh, a lot of different stuff. Everything you went through in MYP is almost not even in DP biology. Um for for the other sciences it's kinda of the same. Um, and for the languages, I I had English B before, and it 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 didn't change that much. It's not that much work. Um, and for the self taught, is well, there's no comparison since in MYP you can't take it. So yeah, that's how it felt for me.
6: Moral I of think the that's story, the don't pick Math A-A-H-L. Go on, Ruben.
0: I mean, unless the universities require it. But or you're a
6: psychopath.
0: Thank
1: no. like you, sir. So. Uh, <laughs> A-A-A there.
0: Uh, but yeah, I think that's the uh, last question we have today. And uh, we just wanted to ask if you have any more advice for people coming into the IB, uh, just to end the podcast with any of you guys
4: know? I think while they're choosing their subjects they really need to look into it what they want to do in the future and they need to choose it like that for me I think that's the best advice
2: mm-hmm. and Martín oh, do you yeah, have any advice you need to like look into universities before choosing your subjects um you might need to look into careers you want to do and what their the requirements for universities are. Um, I I also recommend taking a an extra higher level so that you later on can just change to standard if you think I don't know I like this one more this one less. Um, it's not gonna kill you or something. So uh, just. Go for it if you want to have an extra higher level and then change it later if it's too much
0: fair enough great advice Denise do you have anything you want to add to that?
3: Um, just for the university stuff because when I started DP I had absolutely no idea what I like what I wanted to do so I would just say if you don't know what you want to do try to choose something that like in which you can go a lot of directions um, but, like, don't go too specific with some subjects.
0: All right, I I think that's all we have for you guys today. Thank you once again for listening to our podcast. um, And uh, remember to tune in next week uh, for the next episode. Uh, Yeah, I think that's it, guys.